Hello there, welcome to the second episode of the HSK Student Pod. This is Richard from the HSK ATEC team. Thank you for joining us on the second episode of the HSK Student Pod. Happy New Year to you all. I cannot believe it's now 2019. Where has 2018 gone? It's a pleasure to have you as one of our listeners. I have a packed session for this episode with several special guests for you. I hope you enjoy this episode. First, we have a short welcome back message from Julie Vullo, our Associate Dean for Learning and Teaching and Student Experience. I now hand you over to Julie. Many thanks, Richard, and hello to all our student listeners and a very happy new year to you all. I hope you've had a great vacation break and are feeling refreshed for the new term. I myself was lucky to be able to spend time with my family and catch up with friends, although I also had to write an essay for a course I'm doing. So now I know exactly what it's like to have an assignment hanging over my head in the holidays. I have to say that making the choice between eating yet another mince pie or writing 3,000 words wasn't a difficult one to make. So it's a busy start to the year for all of you with assignments, OSCEs and exams to think about. If there's anything making it difficult for you to study effectively, then please make contact with your personal tutor. Or if you want to talk to somebody outside of the school, remember there is advice and support available in the Student Centre, the Wellbeing Centre and the Students' Union. We might not be able to solve all your problems, but we can offer a listening ear, practical advice and emotional support. Or we can signpost you to other services if needed. But remember, if we don't know you're struggling, then we can't help you. Now, before I sign off, I've just got one news item for you this month, and that's about the hoodie order. So those of you that have been waiting very patiently for your programme level hoodie might have been wondering where on earth they are. I'm so sorry about this delay, but I understand that there's been a problem with the supplier. However, you should have either received an email already or you will in the next couple of days, offering you a choice of the same cost for a printed logo, a slightly increased cost for an embroidered logo, which is what you had originally ordered, or a refund. And just to say again, we're really sorry about these problems. So on behalf of the student union, the school, and Paul, who's our school community organiser, who's done a terrific amount of uh, organisation behind the scenes on this, we are really, really sorry. But absolutely, we're hoping, we've almost got it sorted out this week, the order will go off, uh, and you should have your hoodies very soon indeed. So sorry again about that. And that's all for me. So all remains is to say, uh, have a brilliant um, start to the year. Lots of luck for you in semester B. Uh, let's hope you're successful in your studies. And again, if you need any help or advice, support, uh, you know where we are. For this month's profession spotlight, we have Paul Townsend and Will Broughton from the HSK Paramedic team. Having come from the Christmas festive period, professions such as the paramedics are always giving their services while others are enjoying themselves during the festive period. Paul and Will are going to share some of their experiences during the shifts over the 2018 Christmas period. Hello Paul and Will, it's nice to have you as one of our special guests on the HSK pod. Thanks for having us here Richard. Yeah, it's nice to be here. So I now hand you over to Paul and Will. So, Paul, what, uh, when did you work over the festive period? So once uh, university closed down, I did, for my sins, a 12-hour night shift on New Year's Eve uh, in northwest of London, so Brent area. Okay. Um, I, did, uh, I did two shifts the weekend uh, before Christmas, so I think it was the 22nd and 23rd, two 12-hour day shifts on an ambulance also in northwest London, uh, and I did uh, two ambulance shifts between... Christmas and New Year um, in Oxford so um, yeah so I did a few shifts. Hmm. So I know that Richard's mentioned the festive period 
So um, I suppose if I give you a broad outline of my shift and the sort of stuff I was going to mm. um, so that people know um, yeah, the types of patient groups that we were probably both going out to. So on a New Year's Eve, I suppose we would typically expect to have an incredibly busy night um, and to be going out to lots of typically alcohol-related type calls. And I can confirm that I had an incredibly busy night and typically went out to a large number of alcohol-related calls. Mm. But I think, I think the most alarming thing for me was that the first three hours of the shift were incredibly quiet, uh, but then it properly kicked off. Mm. Um, and I was hammered from northwest London right the way to Whitehall for the rest of the night, um, going out to people who were unconscious, entirely unconscious as a result of alcohol, mm. and young. So 20, 21, 22, that sort of age group. Yes. Quite alarming, really. And that's always a really busy night, certainly for London Ambulance <coughs> Service. I think um, I saw the figures for this year between midday New Year's Eve and midday New Year's Day was something like 7,000 yeah, nine calls. Over yeah, 7,000 7, calls. calls. So a really, really busy time. Mm. Yeah, and I think, you know, I, th- I know that, you know, often I joke about nursing that they, they have lots of patients all at the same time but paramedics tend to deal with one patient at one time. Mm. Uh, but actually, that they take a lot of time to deal with one patient before we take them to the right places. But you know, alcohol-related calls are essentially people who are just unconscious mm. as a result of being drunk mm. and unable to look after themselves, no personal responsibility. They're lying in the street, mobile phone, wallets hanging out their pockets, mm. trousers around their ankles lying in pools of vomit that is classically what I was going out to on New Year's Eve which is really it worries me for the the fact that people are not looking after themselves and aren't taking any responsibility in how they're going to get themselves home yes at four or five o'clock in the morning Mm. people are incredibly vulnerable at that time yes yeah I said mine my shifts probably weren't um uh, weren't as similar working the weekend before Christmas um it wasn't it wasn't as busy as I thought it would be, um, although we did go to quite a few uh, elderly patients over the two days um, that mainly needed some advice about whether they should be going into hospital or is it something that they could uh, wait for. And we were quite fortunate that the GPs were open on Christmas Eve, which did help to sort of deflect a few patients away from hospital where we could. Um, what was nice about those two shifts, I was working uh, both days with different uh, newly qualified paramedics, uh, not from uh, University of Hertfordshire, they'd uh, come over from Australia in the last sort of 12 months and it was nice to work with a couple of people that were still interested to, to learn and still interested in sort of having discussions about the patients that we were uh, that we were going to and it was nice as a practice educator to be able to support them in going to the, the different patients that we saw. I can think of one uh, in particular on the second day. They presented with uh, with a headache and uh, vertigo, so they were feeling very dizzy with their headache. And usually for patients presenting with headache, we tend to err on the side of caution and usually they do end up going into hospital because it can be difficult to, to differentiate between something really bad and something really minor. But this patient, we were quite fortunate, they had uh, some classic signs of uh, of vertigo and we were able to, to go through the HINTS exam, which we'd just taught our second year students a couple of weeks before. 
and confirm that this one definitely was uh, peripheral vertigo and that this patient was safe to stay at home, um, which was uh, great for the NQP because her approach to that patient would have been to take some vital signs and put them in the ambulance and go to hospital because she wasn't comfortable and hadn't done that test before. But we sat, we went through it, we did it a couple of times and, and it meant that they were able to, to hopefully learn something from that job and take it forward if they come across a patient prepared to go again. So that was quite a nice thing on uh, just before Christmas. It's interesting because I think lots of people assume that we literally pick up patients and take them all into A&E. But actually the number of referrals and A&E avoidance that we carry out now. Mm. I mean, I was working on a car on New Year's Eve and I don't go out with the express intention of calling an ambulance for every single one of those patients, but I'll go there as a fast responder and I'll arrive there and can quickly make an assessment to determine whether I need an ambulance or not. And I think out of the nine to 10 jobs that I went out to, I think I only had an ambulance for one that actually took a patient to A&E. All the other ones either were referred on to somebody else. So perhaps they were left in care of a family would consult their GP in a day or two um, but I think it's interesting, I don't think people realise how many patients we actually don't take in hmm. to an A&E and try and refer them to the pathway that is most appropriate for their condition, mm-hmm. not just A&E. Yes. So, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't deal with any mental health issues, but, you know, mental health pathways are improving and getting better. Um, you know, I didn't have any cardiac patients or stroke patients, but we know that we have pathways for those patients as well. Um, Interestingly, I was crying out for a some sort of um, place that patients could go who were just drunk mm. and could actually lie down on a bed somewhere, be monitored by a healthcare professional of some description, avoiding A&E, but at least I'm not leaving them entirely on their own somewhere when mm. actually we all know that terrible things can happen when you're very drunk. If you vomit and aspirate your own vomit, you could well die while in your sleep having mm. done that so actually these people still need care um, which is real challenge yes because they often yeah. don't want it um, and yet we all know that they need it it's just a shame that people get themselves into those positions but it's interesting that you were you know referring people and getting them out of A&E because I think I think for the after those first three hours of my shift every hospital was breaching yeah Northwick Park breaching, Ealing breaching, Hillingdon breaching, mm. just saying we cannot cope with the numbers of patients that we're getting. Yeah. And we, I was taking, or probably not taking, 50% of my patients. Mm. Yet, years ago, we'd have taken them all in. Yes. And how are those departments have coped had we not been confident enough in ourselves to refer on to other places or do the hints uh, question with, with with the vertigo that mm. been another patient piling up A&E mm. and they were not coping as it was mm. yeah it was um, it was nice to be able to, tr- to keep quite a few patients out of hospital that weekend particularly um, before the festive period because lots of them were uh, elderly patients that had family coming over for Christmas or they were going to see family and actually they didn't want to spend their Christmas in uh, A&E or in hospital so they were looking at us for ways for them to stay at home. So it was it was nice over the weekend to be able to access those different alternative care pathways. Although we did have some difficulty accessing one of those pathways on the, the Saturday, um, uh, three phone calls to three different 
people who all said that we needed to speak to the first person or the second person that we'd spoken to and we just kept going round in these different circles before um, uh, and the, the parody that I was working with was sort of just taking that as oh well I'll speak to that person then and spoke to that person and then the next one and the next one and we had to sort of call that quits somewhere and just called back the first person and said right the care pathway says that you will accept this patient so will you accept this patient well I suppose we can come out and see them okay why didn't you say that you know an hour ago and save us all of these phone calls and you know because we are an emergency ambulance and we've got other patients to, to go and see but nevertheless we got the right outcome in the end it just took us quite a bit longer than uh, than it should have done um, and we did see some some genuinely uh, critically unwell patients uh, over that weekend and we did have one patient that sadly uh, passed away uh, we did we did get them to hospital but um, the resuscitation efforts weren't successful whilst they were in hospital and again that was a, a really good learning experience for the newly qualified paramedic that I was with because it was the first cardiac arrest that they had um, led or mostly led from start to finish with some support from the three other paramedics that that were eventually there um, so whilst it wasn't a good outcome for the patient it was a good experience for my crewmate because it was the first time they'd done it there was a few things that we could feed back on there were some things that they identified that they wanted to do that they would do differently next time it happened um, but it was nice to have that discussion with the the four people that were involved with that patient afterwards and, and find those small areas for improvement to help uh, to help that colleague do better when they come across that sort of patient again um, so yeah so wow, wow, it does really show why professions such as paramedics should be always appreciated. It's so funny how people are enjoying themselves and on the other end, professions such as you are really doing so much that often goes unseen. Mm -hmm. So any special uh, message you are giving to our listeners, especially those students from uh, HSK? Yeah, I mean, we were talking about this just before we, we started recording about um, what would be our sort of number one piece of advice. And, and Paul suggested you know about looking after yourself and you know really looking after your mind and your body do you want to talk about that a bit more yeah I think Paul I think that, that many people who come into the profession that, that, you know I've been being the ambulance service now for 23 years and I'm fit and healthy and I work hard at that and and I love my days off and I love um, hobbies that I have that's where I de-stress you know you're you're going to be doing really long hours they're going to be some of them in excess of 12 hours um, the public are not concerned in your welfare you're going to be working hard for 12 hours and many of those times without a break mm -hmm. um, and the succession of those shifts you know four 12-hour shifts on the bounce and then the next day is entirely recovery but you've got families friends people that you aren't seeing because of your shift work shift work will break you uh, long hours will break you and no one is going to look after you other than yourself. So you need to make sure you get rest, make sure you eat properly, make sure you exercise properly, and make sure you are fit and ready for work. And I think just just with some research that has come out in the past about clinical errors and things like that is, if you're not rested and ready for work, you'll make an error. Mm. Uh, actually, we'll probably all make an error somewhere anyway. Mm. But if you can look after mind and body, 
I think you'll be more ready for work. It will still try and break you, but you'll be more ready to handle it. Absolutely, yeah. I've been listening to uh, an audio book that I got as a Christmas present, uh, which is called Why We Sleep. And I'm only sort of quarter of the way into it, but some really fascinating, um, I suppose, reminders, because it is things that I did know or should know already, but about the importance of getting the the World Health Organization recommended eight hours of, of sleep, eight hours of quality sleep every night to give your brain that chance to... Um, to refresh itself, to process all of the learning and all of the information that you've done because lots of, of students will be doing clinical placements and they've got academic assignments and they've got to work to be able to um, uh, you know, afford to live while they're doing their studies and we understand all of those challenges but we really must stress the importance of getting that rest, getting a really good night's sleep, giving your brain that chance to um, process all of that information that you're taking in um, and being really careful not to burn the candle at both ends you've got to you know force yourself to when you're tired go to bed and have that seven eight hours that you need don't try and cut it short at the end because it's those final two hours of sleep where most of the magic happens uh, so this book is telling me uh, so really really important to, to make sure you're rested and ready both for your studies for your clinical placements um, and then that'll set you up nicely for when you go into practice and, and qualify at the end of your at the end of your degree thank you paul and will for your time it's been a pleasure and i'm sure our listeners are going to really enjoy your wonderful words and the, the key advice thank you for joining us on the hsk student pod it's been a pleasure thanks very much thank you for having us thank you For this month's student success stories, we have Samuel Osai, a third-year adult nursing student. I know some of you know him as Sam. Sam is going to share some good news related to his wonderful achievement of writing an article and getting it published. Sam, you have an article that was published in the Nursing Standard, December 2018 edition. This article was called A Pain Specialist Team Chain Hawaii Nurse. So Sam, tell us about your article. What encouraged you to write the article, and how did you get started to write this article? Thank you, Richard. On my second placement as a first-year student, I had this brilliant opportunity to spend a couple of hours with the pain specialist team. The experience I had with the team actually changed my approach to care. I learned to prioritize. I also learned that nursing practice is a collaboration between the patient, the family, and the healthcare professionals, having the patient at the center of the care. I've always had an interest in writing. Many years ago, I wrote an article to my local newspaper, which was a good, a good thing. Um, so when this opportunity came with my experience, I took advantage of it and thought I should share with others through the Nursing Standard Journal. How did I get the article published? Firstly, I discussed my experience with my personal tutor and she agreed it was a good experience to be shared. I then contacted the Nursing Standard team to inquire how I could get my article published. They then sent me a submission link, which I did send my article through. That's where everything started. So Sam, what experience did you get from writing your article? Thank you, Richard. Uh, to be honest, I've learned quite a lot um, through the writing of the article. I've worked hand in hand with the professional editors, which actually improved my writing skills, which you know is very essential in writing my assignments. 
I also have a good idea of the article publishing processes and I know where to go next if I want any article to be published again. And the best part of it, I had the opportunity of having the final authorization as the copyright owner. So Sam, any final message you can give to our listeners, especially those students who want for your good example of writing and publishing an article? Thank you, Richard. I believe students have got different experiences, either in their respective practices, a research work, or an idea that is worth sharing. I would encourage students to write about it, and I believe it will go a long way to make a change, which could be developing their own writing skills, improve the lives of others through the published article or the message, or could be a career pathway for them. Thank you, Sam, for joining us today and for sharing your experience with our listeners. Uh, dear listeners, I really encourage you to go out and read Sam's article. The details are a pain specialist team chain Hawaii nurse. That is the nursing standard, December edition, 2018, volume 33. It is a pain specialist team chain Hawaii nurse. The nursing standard, uh, December edition, 2018, volume 33. I wish to thank our guests, Julie, Paul, Will, and Sam, for the good messages and news they have given us today. It's always a pleasure to have you on the HSK Student Pod. Now, before we come to the end of this podcast, let me say again just how much support there is for you here in the school and in the wider university. We know that HSK students are unique. You study hard, you work hard, and are constantly supporting and helping those around you. Our job is to help you make the most of the brilliant education, social, and life experience that is available to you here in the university. I really encourage you to make the most of the resources we offer you. So, to follow up on Valerie's message, I really encourage you to go out and make use of the wonderful resource called the ASS site. This is really a brilliant site that will help you to develop your academic study skills, and it includes resources tailored specifically for health and social work professions. Your module site should have a link to the ASS site, or you can go straight to this site by typing the following website address, http, that is http, uh, uh, colon, forward slash, academic, hyphen, skills, dot, health, dot, hearts, dot, sc, dot, uk. So I'll repeat, the website address is http, colon, forward slash, academic, hyphen skills dot health dot hearts dot sc dot uk by the way don't forget to sign up to the hsk student podcast so that you can receive new episodes automatically i really encourage you to download and install the soundcloud app which is a free app that will give you easy access to the podcast episodes those who have itunes can also do so those going to placements or still on placements i wish you good luck on your placements Good luck in your current or future assignments. Lastly, I wish you a good semester B and I hope everything goes well for you. Bye-bye and join us in our next HSK Student Pod which will have something fresh and new to listen to. 